Now, maybe you were around in 2019 when we blew the top off of Emmons Auditorium at Easter, and so uh, we had Keith lead the way there, and you might not know this, Keith was on staff at Union Chapel, and because he's such a slacker, he worked at another church, and we come worship at Union <laughs> Chapel, and then he worked at another church that worked at Union Chapel, led worship here, and then planted a church all at the same time for a while. And so Keith, he just has amazing capacity. Yes, yes, yes. My friend, you have blessed us in so many ways, and you have blessed me personally, and I just appreciate you. And, and I want you to know that, that as, as Keith headed off to plant Destiny, we had no clue that it was going to be the most significant multicultural church in Muncie, Indiana. And so we're so thrilled to, to we, feel, we feel a kindred sistership, to partnership, and connection with you and what God is doing there. And so we're just so thrilled about it. And I just want you to know that, that Keith has this amazing talent, and he's recorded albums, and he's just, I'm just a little jealous of you, my friend. It's a little jealous of just a little bit, you know. And so we just appreciate him and, and just all the things that he's done. And so, but before he, before he just leads out with God's word, I just want to, I want Union Chapel, all of us, you're online or in the room, I want us to stretch our hands out and to speak God's blessing on them. So Jesus... Thank you for Keith and Reba. Thank you for Destiny Church. And Lord, we just ask that the power of your spirit would continue to move there, that there'd be greater favor, greater anointing, that you would reach more and more people through them. And Lord, we ask that as we pray for your power to fall on them, Lord, let it fall on us. And Lord, we think about Muncie, Indiana, and we think about our nation, and we pray that revival would come in Jesus' name. And so, Jesus, this message, this service, it's all about you. We want to lift you up. We want to see your name glorified. We want to see your power and your spirit move in mighty and wonderful, wonderful ways. Thank you so much for your goodness and your love. Thank you for your favor and your blessing. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. 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 Praise God. Thank God for my wife, Reva, if you would. Amen. We thank God for her. Amen. I I can't believe that it has been 15 years since I've been on staff here. We um, were leading worship here. And then, of course, when we planted Destiny um, in 2008, uh, our church grew. We started in 2006. In 2008, we outgrew our building, so we had to go to a second service. That was the only reason um, that I had to leave here in terms of being on staff. But God has been faithful uh, but just to think, it's been 15 years uh, since I was here, and so I'm certainly thankful uh, for Union Chapel, for Greg, and for the staff here, and what you have sown uh, into my life. Of course, Greg is a great friend, a great mentor, and uh, I am so thankful for he and Beth and what uh, they have done for me personally uh, as it relates to, to destiny. Uh, many of the things that you're doing here. We're doing there, and I learned some of the things that uh, is the DNA of Union Chapel. We've transferred it uh, over to Destiny as well. Uh, I know our people probably uh, get tired of me referring to Union Chapel, but that's all right. I'm the pastor. I can do what I want, you know. <laughs> you know, that's what I'm saying, you know. <laughs> but I am thankful 
uh, for what God is doing here and what you're planting churches and things like that uh, all over the world. And we have that model that's manifest, and we're going to plant another campus actually this fall. And so we're just thankful for what God uh, is doing. Amen. Amen. I have uh, instituted, for lack of a better term, uh, a theme for our church this year, and maybe it'll resonate with you. God is good. Does anybody know that God is good? Amen. He is a good God. And so what I have decided to do, I've been doing this pretty much every place I've gone and even at home. And just singing a little bit, just, and you'll, you'll recognize this song, but I'm just going to do a little bit of it just to acknowledge uh, the goodness of God. All my life you have been faithful. And all my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able. I will sing of the goodness of God. I love you, Lord, for your mercy never fails me. And all my days I've been held in your hands. From the moment that I wake up, Till I lay my head, I will sing of the goodness of God. If you know it, you can help me sing it. Come on. And all my life you have been faithful. And all my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. If you don't mind, just clap your hands for the goodness of God. He is a good God. Amen. All right. Well, Luke chapter 17, two verses there. Verses 20 and 21, we're going to be reading in the New King James Version. If you don't mind, let's stand in deference to the Word of God if that's okay with you. Hallelujah to God. Father, we need your help as always, none of me and all of you. Luke chapter 17 in New King James Version, verse 20, the Word of the Lord. Now, when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, see here or see there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. So far, the scripture, you may be seated. So I want to leave a thought with you uh, this morning. Uh, The title is The Kingdom in You. Can we say that together? The Kingdom in You. And so this is coming in the form of a reminder. And 
for the sake of an introduction, I, I was preparing for this message, and uh, in 1970, or excuse me, 1965, uh, radio personality Paul Harvey, some of you will remember him, gave a warning to America in the form of an announcement that he entitled, If I Were the Devil. If you'll indulge me for the next couple of minutes, I want to read that. I think it's appropriate for the times that we're living in and for what I feel like God has given me to share with you today. I quote, if I were the devil, if I were the prince of darkness, I'd want to engulf the whole world in darkness. And I'd have a third of its real estate and four-fifths of its population, but I wouldn't be happy until I had seized the ripest apple on the tree, thee. So I'd set about, however necessary, to take over the United States. I'd subvert the churches first. I'd begin with a campaign of whispers. With the wisdom of a serpent, I would whisper to you as I whispered to Eve. Do as you please. To the young, I would whisper that the Bible is a myth. I would convince them that man created God instead of the other way around. I would confide that uh, that's what bad uh, what's bad is good, and what's good is square. And the old I would teach to pray after me, our Father, which art in Washington. And then I'd get organized. I'd educate authors in how to make lurid literature exciting so that anything else would appear dull and uninteresting. I'd threaten TV with dirtier movies and vice versa. I'd peddle narcotics to whom I could. I'd sell alcohol to ladies and gentlemen of distinction. I'd tranquilize the rest with pills. If I were the devil, I'd soon have families at war with themselves, churches at war with themselves, and nations at war with themselves until each in its turn was consumed. With promises of higher ratings, I'd have mesmerizing media fanning the flames. If I were the devil, I would encourage schools to refine young intellects, but neglect, neglect to discipline emotions. Just let them run wild until before you know it, I'd have to have drug-sniffing dogs and metal detectors at every schoolhouse door. Within a decade, I'd have prisons overflowing. I'd have judges promoting pornography. Soon, I could evict God from the courthouse and then from the schoolhouse and then from the houses of Congress. And in his own churches, I would substitute psychology for religion and ideify science. I would lure priests and pastors into misusing boys and girls and church money. If I were the devil, I'd make the symbols of Easter an egg and the symbol of Christmas a bottle. If I were the devil, I'd take from those who have and give to those who want till I had killed the incentive of the ambitious. And what do you bet I could get whole states to promote gambling as the way to get rich? I would caution against extremes and hard work in patriotism. 
and moral conduct. I would convince the young that marriage is old-fashioned, that swinging is more fun, that what you see on the TV is the way to be. And thus, I could undress you in public, and I could lure you into bed with diseases for which there is no cure. In other words, if I were the devil, I just keep right on doing what he's doing. Unquote. Paul Harvey, 1965. I was five years old. You math majors, you figure that out, how old I am. Yeah. (laughs) For the last several weeks, I have been sharing with our church uh, from a series entitled Stand Strong. And so in preparation for the services here, I felt really led to remind all of us of who we've been created to be. If we forget who we are, we can be lured into wrong thinking and behaviors that uh, don't align with our spiritual DNA. Jesus said, the kingdom of God is in you. Paul Harvey's prediction and the Apostle Paul's letter to Timothy should refocus our posture, listen, to kingdom thought. If we are Christians and disciples of Christ, we, listen, we take the kingdom of God everywhere we go. That means the king's dominion should manifest itself every, everywhere we go. It's not just these four walls. It's not just as we gather to worship our king together, which is very appropriate. It's that uh, we should manifest the kingdom of God in the boardrooms. We should manifest the kingdom of God on our jobs. We should manifest the, the kingdom of God in our universities. We should manifest the kingdom of God because every place that we go, we have the kingdom on the inside. So we cannot get caught up or be distracted from our assignment, listen, by the actions of the world systems. Jesus said something that was very powerful in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. We'll start there. You are the salt of the earth. If the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot of men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Here it is. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Listen now, the purpose of light shining in the form of good works is not to create celebrities. It's not to pump up the gift of the pastor, the teacher, or those that are on stage. The light that's shining in our light, 
in our life should glorify our Father. It should point people to Jesus. The world is very dark. And we should not be surprised by how people without God live their lives. I'm seeing some things in 2023 that I've never seen before. And the trajectory of this planet and those that inhabit it are going in a way that's really somewhat shocking if we think about it very long. We shouldn't be surprised. The Word of God predicts the time that we're living in right now. Paul's letter to Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 3, but know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power from such people turn away. Just because the world is doing their thing does not mean that we can follow after them. We are to be a counter culture. We are to show forth the praises of him who called us. Listen, the kingdom of God is in you. We are God's hands. We are his feet. We are his mouthpieces. So wherever it is that we go, we should manifest the kingdom of God. 1 John 3, verse 8 says, He who sins is of the devil, for the devil sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, now, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Listen, just like Jesus, the kingdom of God exists, the one that's on the inside of us exists to destroy the works of the devil. Let's not forget who we are. We have the host of heaven on the inside of us. (laughs) I spent last week and the week before uh, in Argentina, and we, uh, a group of us, uh, we were ministering to some pastors and uh, some leaders over there in uh, Buenos Aires and then down south in a place called Newarkin. And um, everything was going well. You know, we we're preaching and teaching and, and all of that kind of stuff that you do when you're around leaders like that. Uh, and on the last night, which was Tuesday of this week, um, we were preaching and we were getting finished and we had the benediction. We thought everything was over with and we were getting ready to go and have a little bite to eat in the pastor's office and we thought everything was done and they would come up and say, photo, photo. So we take photos with all the family and all of those things. That was all wonderful. And so we thought it was, everything was over and then there was a young lady on the side over here that was brought up by, uh, I don't know, her, his, her significant other or who, who uh, he was to her necessarily, but she looked, she was a small, little, petite, unassuming young lady. And so she came up for prayer. Again, the service is over. She came up for prayer. 
And as soon as we addressed her, that demon started manifesting. <laughs> and she started convulsing. And we laid hands on her and commanded that spirit to come out in the name of Jesus. And she hit the ground. She arched her back. <sighs> Eyes rolled back of her head. If you've ever seen The Exorcist, it's very similar to that manifestation. Now, I've, I've cast out demons before in the past, but I haven't seen a manifestation kind of that dramatic in quite a long time. But what it did as we worked with her and we prayed with her, it took about 15, 20 minutes to get her free but what I was reminded of is greater that's he that's in us than he that's in the world. And, 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 and we understand that everything doesn't manifest that way, but whatever we're facing from the dark side, if you will, God is greater than that. And the name of Jesus is greater than that. And the blood of Jesus is greater than that. So we got the kingdom in us. We don't have the kingdom in us just to speak in tongues or get excited, you know, get, get emotional in the church and uh, we worship with nice songs and that's all wonderful. But we have God on the inside to destroy the works of the devil. So I'm excited about what's happening in Wilmore. And I'm excited that that same spirit is right here in Muncie. It's right here in Delaware County. It's right here in East Central Indiana. And we are believing God for that level of manifestation. Because the kingdom is on the inside. John chapter 7, verse 37. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now, I'm 62 years old, so I'm a traditional King James Version in my brain, all right? And so, you know, sometimes, you know, I think some words just sound a little deeper and more weighty. You know, the scripture here, and nothing wrong with it, obviously, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. I, you know what? I like the King James that says, out of his belly. Just sounds better, doesn't it? It just means there's something that is in our belly that should flow out. Verse 39, but this he spoke concerning the Spirit, Holy Spirit, of course, whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. The kingdom of God through the Holy Spirit is on the inside of us, but we can't just keep him in the church. We can't just keep him on the inside of us. He wants to break out. He wants to manifest his power in the lives of God's people. And we can't be looking around. Well, Pastor Greg will do it. <laughs> yeah. oh, Pastor Glenn, he'll take care of it. Pastor Jeff, he, he'll, he'll, he's young. He'll do it. No, the kingdom of God is in you. You have power in the name of Jesus. 
And God wants us to use that power. The only way, listen, the only way to bring order out of chaos is to exert power and authority over it. Listen, I'm just saying, the devil's just not going to stop. He's not going to say, oh, you guys are good people. I'll just leave you alone. That doesn't happen like that. He has to be driven out. He has to be commanded out. And God has given us his spirit, the kingdom of God in all of us to destroy the works of the devil. Here's what Jesus did. Luke chapter 4, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. So without getting too churchy, uh, uh, listen, uh, the anointing, The grace of God, the power of God, the anointing of God is what makes the difference in our lives. It's a fancy word. It's a religious word, if you will. It just means to smear or to rub. It just means that God has touched our lives. Now we got to go and touch somebody else. The kingdom in you comes with the anointing of the Holy Spirit. In this information age, There needs to be a demonstration of the power of God to validate that God is with us. You know, it's interesting, you know, um, social media, got Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all those other things we got out there. YouTube, we got folks that are social media prophets. (laughs) Social media prophets. Preachers, if you will, and just saying all kind of stuff. Some of it is not biblical. So we need to know the word. That's one other thing. You understand what God has said in his word. But the other thing is, if we're going to win the world, if our testimony is going to be valid, there's got to be some demonstration. They've got to see your life change. If you say Jesus has saved you, Jesus has delivered you, you have come to faith in Jesus, but your life doesn't change, our credibility will be lower. Mark chapter 16, so then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying Signs, amen. Let me let me give you that in layman's terms. God backed up what they preached. That's what we got to believe God for. The kingdom in us. Let us not be afraid uh, of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let us not be ashamed uh, to call on his name, not to make a scene, not to draw attention to ourselves, but to know that we serve a God. Listen, you can almost worship Satan more than you can Jesus in the public square now. It's a sad state of affair, but the kingdom is in us. And we got to remember who we are. Uh, As the young folks would say, it's probably old now, but you got to (laughs) represent. 
uh, the needle moves all the time. You know, I get criticized by our, uh, the kids at our church because I'm usually a one or two uh, statements behind. <laughs> That's all right. It works for me. Listen, if we don't have enough power working in our lives to love one another, how are we going to win the world? If you can't love me and I can't love you, how are we going to witness to the world? If you are a Republican and you can't love a Democrat, what's wrong with your Holy Ghost? If you're a Democrat and you despise those Republicans, what kind of Holy Ghost you got? If you are of, are of the, the, the lighter hue, <laughs> and you can't love a brother, <laughs> What, 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 what kind of Holy Ghost you got? If we can't love brown people, what's, what's going on with the power of God? I, I'm reminded, Jesus said in St. John chapter 17, he said, Father, make them one as we are one. Unify them. He didn't stop there. He said, so that the world may know that you sent me. Here's the interpretation of that. The only way that we can truly love one another is if we have Jesus on the inside. He's the unifier. It's the power of God. So don't be conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We got to have a, another way of thinking so that we can manifest God's kingdom. Matthew 13, almost done. Another parable he went forth, put forth to them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in the field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. So the servants of the owner came and said to him, sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? He said to them, an enemy has done this. The servant said to him, do you want us then to go and gather them up? But he said, listen to what Jesus said, no. That's why you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together to the harvest. And at the time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, first gather together the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. It's interesting what Jesus said there. There was a recognition that the enemy has sown some tares amongst the wheat. This means we can kind of tell the difference between the wheat and the tares. But he doesn't say, let's go out and correct everybody. Let's go out and pluck the tares from the wheat. 
The warning is, if you or I try to grab the tares, invariably we're going to destroy some sheep, some wheat. The wheat were more important to God than gathering up the tares. There is a false church that has been sown, but God is not overly concerned about the existence of the false church. Hear me now. God is not overly concerned with what the devil is doing because your assignment, my assignment from God, whatever it is, can overcome whatever the devil is doing. The entire kingdom of God, listen, cannot be stopped. I don't care how things look. We have scripture to back us up, Matthew 16. And I say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. That is good news. He said in the world you have tribulation. You're going to have some trouble. You're going to have some trials. You're going to have some challenges. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So if you stay with Jesus, you're going to be all right. You know, my dad is 83. He'll be 84 in April. And he's about 6'1". And uh, he was a Division I athlete. He went to Ball State, played basketball for Ball State uh, between 58 and 61. Really strong man, even in his old age. He's pretty strong and virile. So when I'm around my dad or we're going places or whatever, I'm feeling kind of jiggy. Because I know if I get in some mess, I, I can lean on him. Well, you know, we have somebody that's greater than my daddy. His name is Jesus. And I don't care what we are facing in this world. The kingdom of God is backing us up. You don't have to be afraid of anything because Jesus has overcome everything that we're facing. Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem, if you remember those names, they were sown into Nehemiah's world. Nehemiah had something in his heart to be, rebuild the, the walls of the city of Jerusalem. So we began to do that. And these three guys, they mocked him at first. Eh, what are you doing? And, and didn't that sound familiar? As soon as you want to do something for God, then here comes the devil trying to put doubt in our mind. Uh, even if a fox walked up on that wall, it's going to knock it down. That didn't work. Nehemiah kept working. Then they said, hey, hey, let's call a meeting. Hey, Nehemiah, why don't you come down and meet with us? It's a great text in the word. Nehemiah said, I am doing a great work. Why should I come down and meet with you? All of us have an assignment. And you can't allow yourself to be distracted by the cares of this life. In my 40 years of serving God, I have learned something. 
If I am busy doing what God has called me to do, I don't have time to do stuff I have no business. I don't have time to worry about what the world systems are doing in in their venues and what's going on. If I allow the kingdom that's in me to do what I have been placed on this planet to do, then God will be pleased. So I just want to provoke you today. Music team can come. I want to provoke you to know who you are in Christ. Don't let the devil push you over in a corner. Don't don't hide your light under a bushel. The kingdom of God is in you. You would stand with me. I want to pray. Hallelujah, Jesus. So, Father, we thank you for this great church. We thank you for raising up Union Chapel and those that are connected for such a time as this. Help us, Father, to manifest your kingdom, to be reminded of the spiritual DNA that we have, that you have called us. We're alive today in 2023. All the things that we've experienced, we're still here. And the purpose that you've placed upon all of our lives is to destroy the works of the devil. So let your word, let your power, let your grace manifest itself in our lives on a daily basis. I pray for my friends that there will be an awakening that that river will flow out of us wherever we find ourselves. And we'll give you the praise, we'll give you the glory, we'll give you the honor. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you.